Today in the Home Design Academy podcast, we're going to be talking all about property surveys, why they are so important, and when in the process of designing your home, you need to get one. Welcome to episode 42 of the Home Design Academy podcast. My name is Chris Novelli and I'm the owner and principal architect of N3 Architecture based out of Hopedale, Massachusetts and welcome to the Home Design Academy podcast where we help people understand design and construction so that they can make better decisions on their projects and communicate more effectively with their contractors. So today we are continuing a series of episodes on the steps involved in a home construction project and today we're going to be talking all about property surveys. But first before we get into the topic, I want to talk to you about uh, the book that I published. Um, if you like the podcast and the tips and the short stories that I share, then I would encourage you to go and look at purchasing a copy of my book, The Homeowner's Guide to Residential Design and Construction. This 64-page ebook is available as a PDF download through the resource page on my website. So that's n3architecture.com slash resources. So when I work with homeowners, I often see them making the same mistakes over and over again. And this is understandable because most people have not undertaken a large-scale renovation, addition, or new construction projects. Homeowners usually do not understand what is required during each phase, how long things take, the questions you should be asking, or what or even what the typical phases of a project are. So this book takes you through an entire project from the dreaming stage all the way through design and construction and occupancy and beyond. And so the book follows the general sequence of a project, explains in detail what to expect during each phase and lists out some of the mistakes that I see homeowners making in each of those phases. So the book is also available, if you don't like the PDF download, the book is also available as a paperback through Amazon, and you can find that link on the resource page of my website as well. So that's n3architecture.com slash resources. You can find both the PDF download and the Amazon paperback version right from that page. So if you're not ready to purchase the book, you can still head over to that same resources page, n3architecture.com slash resources, and you can pick up my free guide, Five Tips to Getting Started on Your Project. So that's n3architecture.com slash resources. Find the book, find the free guide. Either way, I want to help you have the best project possible. And while you're there, you can check out the website for more details on this podcast and the work that I do. Or you can also reach me on Instagram at n3architecture. I post a lot of process work and sketches and images of of different phases of a project on the Instagram page so uh, the people that follow it can see sort of the whole scope from sort of start to finish and rather just the uh, final curated images. All right, so let's get back to the main topic, a property survey. In just about every project, whether it's an addition project or whether it's a new construction project, before you can actually get started, you're going to need to obtain a survey from a licensed land surveying professional. A survey is a drawing that's a legal graphic depiction of your property. It will contain all the vital information that that your architect and your contractor and your builder will need. 
Um, and it's also going to be needed to obtain a building permit because if it's a new construction project or an addition project, the local municipality, the building inspector is going to want to see that you comply with all the zoning ordinance regulations. So, you know, oftentimes when I begin a new project and I'm speaking with new clients um, and maybe they're clients that haven't gone through a project before, they're often confused on what a survey is and why they would need one. Most homeowners, when I ask them if they have a survey, they'll say, oh, yes, I have a survey. And then they'll go and pull out a little eight and a half by 11 uh, paper copy of a mortgage plot plan that they received when they um, purchased their home or purchased the land or either that or they'll pull out something that they printed from their municipality's uh, GIS website and while those are both while those both show a graphic depiction of the property and may even even have some property line dimensions those are not surveys those are not legal documents that a licensed professional can use to design your work or obtain a building permit oftentimes when i'm talking to people who are considering a project whether it's a new construction or uh, an addition project I will recommend that they hire a surveyor even before they hire an architect. I want you hiring that surveyor very early in the stages of your project. So it's either before hiring your architect or at the same time as hiring your architect. So the architect that you hire might be able to move forward with some preliminary design concepts without having a survey, but they should not be doing any hardline design work until that survey is completed. The reason for this, if you have a GIS map or an assessor's plan or a mortgage plot plan with some basic information on it, that information is helpful, but it's not completely accurate. So let's say you're, uh, you have an existing house and you want to put a 20-foot addition off your back, uh, off the back of the property, and your architect starts working on that um, based upon the information that's on the plot plan, but then once you get an actual survey done and you find out your property line is located a little bit differently than what was shown on that property and that plot plan. Well, then the architect has just wasted all that time and you may not be able to get the addition that you were uh, dreaming of. Personally, I don't like to get started on any hard line design work until that survey is in hand and I have a digital copy sent to me. I can do rough sketches and layouts, that's fine, but anything hard-lined in the computer, I need that survey before I can actually begin the work because I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste your time and I don't want you falling in love with something that I design that may not be possible. I can speak from experience on this. I've worked on projects before where I have moved forward with the design work without having a survey in hand only to find out later on down the line that a property line was closer to the existing house than it was shown on the assessor's map. So now that we've established why you need a survey, I want to talk a little bit about what information should be included on the survey. Because if you just call up uh, your local surveyor and say, oh yeah, I need a survey or I need my property lines located, you might not get all the information that's actually needed. Surveyors, just like Other engineers, just like architects, just like builders, will offer different levels of services and different levels of information that they can provide on that survey. And I've also worked with clients 
who didn't want to pay the extra money to get some certain information that would have been helpful to me and my consultants. So here's what I suggest your surveyor include on the survey. Number one, most important, is property lines. Second thing, it should be the location of any structures on the site. That includes existing houses, sheds, driveways, sidewalks, decks, patios, etc. And these items should be dimensioned back to those property lines. There should be topography, which is the grade elevation at one foot intervals. This information is critical for your architect to properly design your foundation, set the floor levels, and create a design that actually works for your property. And let's not forget the most important thing is creating proper drainage away from your structure. The survey should depict any easements that are running through your property. An easement is a legally protected piece of land that you don't actually have rights to build on even if it's on your property. The survey should include a location of all the utilities both above and, and below ground. It should include the location and the delineation of any wetlands, including any required wetland setbacks, which are dictated by your local conservation commission. The survey should include the locations of the edge of any tree lines or any standalone trees on the site. It should include the locations of any other site elements, such as rock walls, boulders, planting areas, gardens, etc. It should include basic zoning information from your local municipality, including what the setbacks and maximum coverage are. Uh, it should include a calculation of the existing impervious coverage. This is important because if you need to get zoning approvals, most likely that calculation of existing impervious government or proposed impervious government is going to be required to be calculated by a civil engineer, not an architect. And that's a requirement that comes directly from most municipalities. It should include locating the new construction on the survey, whether it's a the entire house is a new build or whether you're building an addition. So your architects are going to need to coordinate with the surveyor and to provide the surveyor with the information that they need to accurately show that proposed new construction. The survey should be live stamped and signed by the licensed surveyor. This is important to have a live stamped copy. While most municipalities now are moving to digital stamps, it's also important just for your records to at least have a couple copies that are live stamped. So make sure your surveyor provides that for you. And the surveyor should also be sending a digital copy in DWG format to your architect. And I mention this because this is something that you're going to need to talk to your surveyor about before you hire them. Some will only issue a PDF. And while the PDF can be used by your architect, it's sometimes you can get some inaccuracies when you import the PDF into the CAD file system. And yes, there's ways to scale the PDF up and down to match and get it close enough, but I'd rather have it be exact rather than close enough. And then for an extra fee, if you want, you can have the surveyor stake out the property, which means placing wooden stakes or even metal stakes um, at the corners or even along the property line so that you can visually see where your property starts and stops.
stay tuned for more of the Home Design Academy podcast. But first, I wanted to talk to you about Entree Architect. Are you an architect or an architecture student? Then you need to consider joining the Entree Architect Academy. Entree Architect is a blog, it's a podcast, it's a free private Facebook group that's just for architects and architecture students. It's a place of community to share ideas on how to improve the profession. Becoming a member of the Entree Architect Academy gives you access to resources and documents that you can download, customize, and use in your firm today. In the Academy, there's also monthly expert training sessions, and you can see the replays of all these monthly sessions going all the way back to 2015. There's also mastermind groups that you can join. I belong to two of them, and it's been a great help for me in running my firm. And I've mentioned this just about in every podcast where I've talked about Entree Architect, but I worked in firms for 20 years before I launched N3 Architecture. And had I joined and had I taken advantage of everything that Entree Architect Academy has to offer, I would have started my firm years sooner. So if any of this interests you, if you're the owner of a small firm or if you're the employee who dreams of starting your own firm, or if you're a student who wants to learn the business side of architecture that they don't teach you in school, I want you to go to n3architecture.com and I want you to go to the resources page and there you'll find a link which will take you to the membership site of Entree Architect Academy. That's n3architecture.com slash resources. Don't wait, do it today. All right, we talked about why you need a survey. We talked about what should be included on your survey. Now I want to share some information on how much surveys should cost and also the time frame and maybe some other things for you to consider. So the cost of a survey could easily run you a few thousand dollars just for your standard suburban property. And the cost will increase based upon the size of the property and the complexity of the information required, such as marking and delineating wetlands is going to be a substantial increase of cost. But if you have wetlands on your property, it's just something that you have to do. Um, I've seen some suburban and rural properties cost well over $5,000 for the survey, um, you know, based on their complexity. And that's, you know, two to $5,000 would be what I would expect for a property that's, uh, you know, up to a couple acres in size. The time frame to obtain a survey can take longer than you anticipate. Remember, these licensed professionals, they're not just sitting around waiting for you to call them. And oftentimes, it may be several weeks or several months from the time that you make that first call until the time that the surveyors are on your property completing the field work. And then it could also be several weeks or even several months from the time that the field work is completed to the time that they issue you the final drawing. All this stuff takes time and you need to account for this time in your total schedule. So if you have it anticipated or desired start of construction date and then you have to work backwards for how long it's going to take uh, your architect to design and complete the construction drawings. You have to work back even further from that date in terms of how long it's going to take to get the survey. Because like I said in the beginning, the architect shouldn't start with their real hardline design work until that survey is in hand. So really, when I say over and over and over again on this podcast that you should start by hiring an architect and getting a survey at least a year before you plan on starting to build, I'm not just making that number up. It's better to have things done 
beforehand than trying to rush and get it done at the end or even worse, not being able to start construction when you want to because you didn't allocate enough time. In terms of hiring a surveyor, just like hiring an architect, just like hiring a contractor, I want you to be a little cautious about just selecting the cheapest price. The cheapest price is often what you get, the cheapest result. So I would ask, you know, what software do they use? How do they go about doing the work? How long have their uh, employees been on staff? So on and so forth. You can ask for architect references from surveyors and you talk to those architects and see just how good those surveyors perform. And then you can even ask them if they've presented to your town's zoning zoning board. Um, If not your town, maybe nearby towns. And then what you can do is most municipalities will have recordings of those meetings available online. So you can go and watch just to see how well this surveyor presented the information and responded to questions. This can be critical if your project requires zoning approval. I mean, you might be able to have the best engineer in the world, but if they cannot present the information in in a clear and concise way to the zoning board, that may put your project in danger of not gaining those needed approvals. Maybe you can even talk to your local building inspector or your local planning board representative about who is a good surveyor or civil engineer in the area that has done work with the town or has presented to the town and has a good reputation with them. Having team members on your side that work well with your town and your municipality, that will just make gaining those approvals very easy. If a planning board or a zoning board is comfortable with the work of a particular engineer that adds a level of trust to your project and makes it a little bit easier for those zoning boards and those planning boards to say yes to you. All right, so it's been a little while since I talked about projects 47 and 48. If you've listened to past episodes of this podcast, then you'll remember that I wanted to walk you through what was happening on two different renovation and addition projects that were had the same sort of time frame. If you're new to the podcast, I suggest you go back and re-listen to some of these uh, earlier episodes so you can get caught up. So first with Project 47, as a reminder, this is a renovation and addition project for clients who are nearing retirement age and they want to stay in their family home but improve it for the future as they age and improve the way that it functions for when their large and extended family comes to visit. This is going to be a multi-phase project where phase one is the addition of a new mudroom, phase two will be a renovation and expansion of the second floor area, and phase three is a complete reconfiguration of the first floor. So the clients for this project first contacted me in late spring of 2021. We worked through the design options in the summer and into the fall of 2021, and in the late fall through the winter, the construction drawings for phase one were completed. Currently, they've received multiple bids, uh, but due to the current state of the economy, the severe inflation we're seeing right now, delivery issues, and contractors just being so busy, the bids came in much higher than they anticipated. So the next step on this project is to reach out to some smaller contractors and hope that they may have more competitive prices. So some of these larger residential contractors that they originally contacted are very, very busy. 
And so a small project such as a mudroom addition is not going to be worth their time. So they may, may have just thrown a high number at the project and in hopes that they get it. And if not, it's no skin off their back. Um, so we're hoping that some of these smaller contractors might be able to give us a better price. So stay tuned for more information on that. And now to Project 48. As a reminder, Project 48 is for a couple with young children who need additional space. The current real, real estate market makes it less economical to sell and purchase another house, so they've opted to expand their existing house. The property is very small, and it's in a dense area, and there's nowhere to expand other than up. So we're going to be creating new master suite and new bedrooms in an attic addition. So the timeline for this project was similar to Project 47, where they had originally contacted me early summer of 2021. We worked through the design options through the summer and into the fall. We took those drawings up to a schematic design level for three different options, but then the client wanted to get some contractor feedback and some pricing feedback. So they interviewed a few contractors to, you know, not only to vet these contractors, but to get some preliminary pricing on, on the different options. And they're going to use that pricing to help make a better decision on which option they choose to move forward with. But based upon the results of those meetings and the current state of the economy, this particular client has elected to put the project on hold for now. So hopefully it gets resurrected at some point, but for now it is on hold. up another episode of the home design academy podcast i hope that you learned something and enjoyed yourself along the way make sure to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast player of choice please visit n3architecture.com for more information email your questions to chris at n3architecture.com you can contact me on instagram or any other social media platform even if you just want to say hi all you have to do is search for n3 architecture and you're going to find me Please visit n3architecture.com resources to purchase a copy of the Homeowner's Guide to Residential Design and Construction. You're going to be very happy that you did. And if you're an architect, consider becoming a member of the Entree Architect Academy. You can also find a link to this on my resources page. Thank you very much and I'll see you in the next episode.